Hello? Oh. Right now. Okay. See you in a bit. Uh, who, who was that? It's someone very close to us. Someone very close to us? There's been an arrival. An arrival? An arrival. There is a whole new queer and pleasant stranger. Huh. Suddenly emerged. T- tell, tell me more. Well, they will undoubt... I believe they all already are a listener. Ooh. Yes. Um, yeah, and they've turned up. And we shall be guardians thereof. <gasps> oh, goodness. So we need to pop up and, and check on them. Oh. And we can tell them all about our, our week and what we've played and listened to. Does mean we won't be able to record a show. Well, we're going to have to, you know, you have to do one next week and then, you know, think of something to do as an intro. Yeah, probably something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura K. Dale. And I'm not Jane Iris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's that show where there's two queer trans ladies and we talk about our weeks and what we've played and watched and listened to and do skits and silly voices. It's true. How are you this week? I'm tired. Same. And it's not going to get any less tiring. August is a busy month for us. Mm. We've we've the last week and uh, two weeks have been probably a bit busy than most. Yeah, we did like 20 hours of train journeys over like a week. And we then like travelled halfway across the country in in a van. Yep. Um, I uh, I went flying abroad. You did. Uh, I've got to go flying abroad again soon. Mm-hmm. I've got to go travelling around. We got a bunch of stuff happening. A lot of stuff happening. Yeah. We got to Quip's recording day last week, and then we had to run away. We had to run away because because life happened. It did. It it very much happened. So happened. But other than being tired, are you having a good week? Uh, yeah, it's it's been good so far. I mean, it's only Monday, which it's... is weird because we usually recorded on a Tuesday. Indeed, it's it's been two weeks since we last recorded this, but they've been two eventful and positive weeks. Oh, I think. Oh, yes, yes. Should we should we talk about things we've 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 played slash done this week? Yeah, let's talk about what we 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 played with this week. Yeah. So do you wanna do you wanna start us off? Okay. Well, I've been playing more Dragon Quest Builders. I've finally seen the end of that. Oh, you've seen the... Yeah, yes. you've seen the ending. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It re- recovered itself quite well. Yeah, that Considering whole... Considering all that stuff yeah. from Chapter 3. That story beat in Chapter 3 that really, really annoyed me. Mm. Like, by the end, I didn't really mind about it. But, yeah. like, I still think it was a really poor decision. Yes. But I didn't care in hindsight, because it did yeah. stick its ending. Yeah, it definitely did. But, yeah, um... I'm still excited to keep playing that. Yeah. Some more. There's, I, as I think I said before, like the fact that you get your like my pet island thing yeah. quite early on means that you're sort of working on it throughout the game, and you're not. Yeah. It's not so easy to just go. Oh, it's starting a whole new thing again. I can't yeah. be bothered like well, I did with the first one. I think. I think what helps is the structure for it because, as you said, they start letting you play around with that island early and encourage you to build, like, your first three big structures mm. early on. Yeah. But, on top of that, when you complete the main story, you unlock more blueprints of things to make, more places to go. Mm. You unlock more stuff so that it encourages you to go, hey, you finished the story, keep going, and also probably go back to that island you started making. Mm. It's It's enough of an encouragement that it it got me to stick around, and I am sort of wanting to keep going post-game. Yeah, definitely. I need some time, but yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. (laughs) So what about you? Have you played anything else? Um, I'm going to put this in played because it doesn't really go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, I did some laughter yoga this week. That's a a thing I did. Tell me about that laughter yoga. So... I've heard about this, like, general concept in some form or another before. Like, I think the first time I heard about the idea was an episode of uh, the podcast Oh No, Ross and Carrie, which I think I've talked about before, which talks about, like, fringe science and um, often debunking, like, religious stuff and nonsense things. But this is one of the few things they haven't been too critical of. Um, The basic idea is... 
The, the idea goes that no matter where a laugh comes from, it'll make you feel better. Whether it's a forced laugh or a genuine one, there is something about the act of laughing that gets your body mm. producing chemicals that make you feel good. So the idea of this laughter yoga thing was, basically, for an hour, a lot of activities encouraging you to force laughter and be silly to the point that you start noticing other people looking a bit silly and then have genuine laughs at them, which then gets everyone laughing. And it's it was a very nice experience. Um, examples of some of the types of activities we were doing involved... Um, Trying to play musical instruments, uh, like sort of airplay musical instruments, but rather than make the sound of the instrument, we had to make the instrument sound using laughs. Um, doing sports, but like, uh, for example, playing imaginary tennis, but every time you hit the ball, you're like, ha! 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 Um, th things like this to just get you doing those things. But like, some of these were really. Some of these were really interesting. Like, one of them that I thought worked really well once they'd built up to it was, um... Having people all lie down on the grass where everyone's head is resting on someone else's chest. Mm -hmm. And then they just get people to start laughing. And it had this really interesting effect where feeling someone laughing under your head has a very instinctual response and you end up laughing along. It, it created this weird moving ripple of laughter that was quite oh. something. Um, we had to try and communicate, like, t tell jokes via only laughs, trying to use, like, the, the cadence of speech to, to get across, like, the, the way that a joke comes across. Okay. It, it was all things like this, that when you describe them from the outside seem like, it seems like a weird idea. In practice, it really works. It mm. was, it was a really fun icebreaker to get used to and comfortable around people that I hadn't shared a word with, but I still felt pretty comfortable with by the end. Yeah. Um, involved in that was also some sort of general, like, stretching, exercise-y stuff. Um, and we ended with some sort of breathing exercises and meditation. Mm. And, like, as silly as the idea sounds, I came out of it feeling really positive. I had a real sort of just... Positive feeling the rest of the day. So, as, as silly of an idea as it may sound on paper, it was genuinely quite fun to do silly laughing exercises in a group. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What about you? Have you played anything else? Um, yeah, I played uh, Transcribed. Oh, tell me about that. Um, so this was on the Switch discount section recently it, it was free. showing us free it was free if you owned like there was a list of like 15 or something games that it's like if you own one of these you can have transcribed for free so we got transcribed for free yeah how um, how is it it's all right i've not really played a huge amount of it yet but the like initial intro area it's like learn how to fly this thing and i'm like okay maybe it's going to be asteroids because it's these weird blobby things flying at you. Um, apparently you're piloting a probe and you seem to be killing off bacteria or something. Okay. It's very weird. And I wasn't really paying a huge amount of attention to the story because I just wanted to see what the game was like. Well, Gameplay-wise... Gameplay-wise, it is a mix between asteroids and... Oh, I can't remember what the game is. It's like a you get a swirl of jewels and you fire different coloured balls at them oh. and you'll add one and when you get three together it'll pop them and you can do like your chains if the loop You're starts sort of, to trigger uh, itself. Bejeweled I think. Yeah. Uh, Is it bejeweled? It might be. Yeah, something in that yeah. realm. Yeah, so it, it's basically that but with asteroids because you'll have random things flying around. You shoot them sometimes you'll get a power up, sometimes you'll get XP, huh. sometimes you'll get like just a coloured block that you need to fire into the, the stream of things. Sometimes you'll have to open little doors by firing the, the blocks into like little panels on the side and then fight bosses, which is weird. Yeah. Um it's it's an interesting little game. It's got upgrades. I do like a game with upgrades. Oh good upgrade systems hard to hard to say no shit. Mm -hmm. So and it, it seems like you can redo levels to try and grind some XP and maybe oh. push on a bit further that way. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of enjoying it so far. Yeah, not bad for something you got for free. No. Have you got any others? I think that's all I played really this week. Mm -hmm. I also finished Dragon Quest Builders 2 and I'm mm -hmm. feeling very similar about it. 
What about you? I did one other thing. <gasps> what did you play? I flew a kite. Oh, you you flew a kite. I flew a kite. He kept it in the air for like two hours. Yeah. Which was weird because I've not flown a kite in years. The last time I tried to fly a kite, I got one of those um, two string kites. Oh yes. And I just couldn't really work out what to do with that very well. That's fair. So um, yeah. Also, I didn't have anyone to help me get it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe that was part of the yeah. problem. But so yeah. you had a single string kite. A single time. string kite. It's it's all rainbowy. It is a rainbowy. It is. It looks like a big rainbow arrow with a yeah. tail on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm Saturday. I managed to keep it up for a good couple of hours. Sunday, yeah. the wind was a bit changeable. Yeah, you kept it up reasonably well. <laughs> it oh. kept being like wind, 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 wind. Oh, this is lovely. <laughs> no, I'm gone now. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't. It was just occasionally. It would just nosedive out of nowhere. Yeah, it would just completely cut out the wind. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it was. I've not flown a kite in ages, and it was kind of weirdly satisfying. I've They're not tamed the very sky. I've not flown a kite since I was about ten or eleven. Uh, last time I flew a kite, my cousin broke his arm, and that was quite a thing. And I held this kite, and it stayed in the air, and no one broke their arm. So yeah. I count that as a win. That is a win. So then. Time for this. <gasps> Welcome! We are back now with the latest episode of Video Game Reviews That Are Totally Real Monthly. Our guest reviewer is here. Could you introduce yourself? Well, I'm Sarah. Um, I work pretty hard on this uh, particular game. Ah, yes. Uh, we, we got to go and, uh, and, and, and see this game in action uh, over the weekend. Could you tell us about Field? Well, it's a lot of work, to be honest, uh, to, to, to play this. You, you really need a, a lot of peripherals. Mm. Uh, there was uh, There's the plough peripheral, I believe that's about £500. Then, you know, there's a selection of animals. Cows can be very, very expensive. There's a pig over there, a couple of sheep. The, the microtransactions for this game are not quite a micro. Indeed. Uh, we got to spend several hours uh, experiencing Field. The graphics were fantastic. Fantastic! It, it it looked incredibly uh, incredibly beautiful. Yes, well you see uh, the the grass has been really well ground on recently, so it's 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 grown quite lush, and and the sun was out, so it looked all extra high contrast and like that windows backdrop. Oh, exactly! I I could feel the sun on me. It was a beautiful feeling. I I got to experience all sorts of little mini games while we were there. Flying a kite was great. Lying in the grass was great. Can you tell me about any uh, mini games I might have missed? Did you see uh, Dancing in the Tent? There's, oh, uh, yes. a lot of uh, good music. You can uh, select a number of different tracks. Uh, I believe uh, if you purchase additional DJs, you can actually get like a whole new seconds of music. Oh, wonderful. So if people want to experience Field for themselves, like what console do they get it on? How do they uh, get this? I believe it's available on, on Earth. So ah. you just uh, head out into the countryside and, and, and just check out Field today. And, and it, it's out now? It is out now, And yes. it's an Earth exclusive? Uh, an Earth exclusive, as far as we're aware. Wonderful. Well, that's fantastic. Go and check out Field today. It's a 10 out of 10 for a day. Hey, so have you heard about SnuggleCon? No, tell me about SnuggleCon. Well, it's a new convention, basically designed for snuggliness. All things snuggly uh, and good. You can uh, test out all the latest stuffies, see how you know how good squish they have, how good soft soft they have, mm-hmm. how how good that is. Uh, and so there's going to be a whole a whole haul just for blankets. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So lots of different textures to try out, weighted blankets, uh, different colours, I assume. D- certain different colours, yeah. different patterns. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's different textures. Of Obviously, you know, not everyone likes the same things. Heavier, lighter. It's it's it's, it's going to be a lot of different, just really s- snug blankets. Wonderful. What else have they got? Um, well, there's there's a whole a whole another section uh, where they're going to be doing um, special exclusive onesies <gasps> and soft pajamas. Can you can you tell me about those? What sort of special ones have they got? Um, there? So they've got fleecy ones. They've oh. got ones with like faux fur on them, so you can look like a bear, I suppose. It's very cute and 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 very soft, and and also you know once you finished there's a, a like a quiet zone where you can just do consensual cuddles wonderful um wh- when and where is SnuggleCon SnuggleCon is uh, on next weekend <gasps> and uh, tickets are available from SnuggleCon dot lol dot net and you can get yourself uh, all, all the snuggling oh, you need I can't wait oh, I can't wait don't wait <gasps> I have to it's next weekend okay you'll have to just have to wait a little bit. Okay. But then don't wait. No, then don't wait. But don't wait for to get your tickets. Okay. Because they might sell out. <gasps> it's very snuggly. 
and a lot of people want snuggles. The world is quite hard-edged, so snuggling makes it all better, I guess. At least for an hour or so. Yeah. So, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes this week? Eyes? Oh, I've put so many things in my eyes this week. We oh. put some things in our eyes this week. What things did we put in our eyes? Well, we went and saw a a, a display of psychedelic art. Oh, yes. Uh, was this the, the collection from psychedelic-art.com? That's the one. Yeah, it's quite a thing. Yeah. Um, so we went and stood in a, a, a tent with loads of pieces of, of art um, painted on canvas. Lots of uh, colours that were designed to look good under a, under a black light. Yeah, big UV bulbs all over the place. Yeah. And you could wander around and see this strange glowing art. Indeed, and it took us a while to realise that a lot of the pieces were psychedelic versions of existing pieces of artwork. Yes. Um, like... I didn't realise until you mentioned that one of them was Beyonce. Yes. Um, but very purple and pink. Very purple and pink, and in that sort of prayer pose. Pretty sure it's Beyonce. Yeah, no, no, no. Once you said it, I was like, no, that is Beyonce. Um, and then there was the other one of the, the person in like a, a, a jacket and rolled up sleeves holding their hands out in front With of them. With the sort of melty eyeball. With a melty eyeball floating between the hands. And oh. I'm pretty sure that's Darren Brown. Yeah, we think that's a Darren Brown one, but, um, yeah, it was real fascinating art. Um, yeah. There was a lot to be gleaned from looking at some of the pieces from a distance, or looking at them up close, or looking at them from different angles in the room. Yeah, we had quite a lot of fun of sort of... We wandered around looking at everything up close, then we sort of did another circuit looking yeah. the other direction. And we sort of... We took our... Yeah, we took our time, like, discussing what we thought about the art. Yeah. Without feeling pressured to, you know, have fancy correct opinions. Well, exactly. Also, there was there's quite a lot of um, music going on in there, so you yeah. could really only hear your own conversations it, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, it was a really nice place to spend a couple of hours. Mm. Um, it's the kind of thing that I don't know, like, if, if I've not tried going on the website, I don't know how well it you get the same impression of the art, mm. not in person, because it's all very meticulously hand-painted, and the being under a black light really helps to give a lot of the effect it's going for. Yeah. It's um, it's stunning stuff, and and I would like to see more of it. Oh, also the, the video that was playing in the Spaceman space. Oh, yes, that uh, music video of everything sort of warping and um, unfolding upon itself. Like, it was like fractal art, but... Of, like, cities and things... There was sort of city yeah. aspects, and then there were Technos. more sort of b biological looking bits. Yeah, it's from a metal, heavy metal music video that we have seen, and we I can't don't place. think it's actually that. I think it might be an original piece, oh. but in very much in that same style. Ah, uh, okay. We may have confused it with something else then, but uh, it was quite the it was quite the artistic experience. Yeah, to go it was around. stunning, and the fact that you had to sort of stare into the face of us. Yeah. Uh, quite tall space person. If if you ever happen to be in a place where this tent full of psychedelic art happens to be, it's quite a thing to go and look at. Yeah, definitely recommend that. Yeah. Uh, and that's psychedelic-art.com. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you got any others? Uh, I watched a person uh, do contact juggling, Ooh. which is a fascinating thing. Um, if any of you listening have never seen contact juggling, it's the sort of People that have, like, a clear crystal ball, and they'll move their hands in such a way that it looks like the ball is staying stationary in place. Like, they'll do interesting things where it, it looks like they're manipulating this ball in a slightly... a slightly magical way. Um, it's a really fascinating thing to watch, and I met a really interesting contact juggler who got in... I got into a bit of a discussion with them about the, the art of it, um... Mm. They got into it as a juggler first, and the reason why they stuck with contact juggling um, was that they find it really interesting because it works so much on physics. Like, it looks like you're sort of rolling this thing around and doing all sorts of magical stuff with it, but it's all very controlled, dexterity, physics-based, um, very much like puppetry in that you're trying to stop people from seeing how you're making it happen and get them to focus on, you know, the show that you're putting on with it. Mm. Um, 
Which is a really interesting perspective. It's not something I've really considered, and it gave me a fresh understanding of that form of art. Mm. So, I really enjoyed that. Mm. What about you? Well, I also watched the contact juggling. Very impressive. I I have a contact ball. Indeed. Sometimes I really need to learn how to use the damn thing. Yeah. Um, but also got to see some flame stuff. Oh yes, uh, the stick that's on fire that gets spun around. Yeah. Um. So very much in the sort of style of of flame poi, and all that sort of thing. You've yeah. got all the good spinnies, and good spinnies on fire. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there was some really lots of really stunning. Um, Object manipulation stuff. Uh, mm. So that there was the flame point, which uh, flame stuff, which was amazing. I think someone was doing flame point at some point as well. I believe so. Yeah, there was a lot of different glow poi, uh glow stuff as well. Oh, that thing that left the really cool trails as it spun. Yeah, that was pretty fascinating to see. Yeah, there was there was some very cool it, bits over yeah, there. Yeah, that 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 light stuff. When it was being spun, looked like a fucking lightsaber, like leaving mm. a trail through the air. It was quite, yeah. quite a magical sight. Well, it, I think it was all ultra bright LEDs, so yeah. it sort of burns into your retina. Well, but in a good way. Yeah, in a cool way. Yeah. Um, I also saw someone spinning flags, which is not a skill I've ever really worked. Um, so I've... rather than having poi, which is like a string with a ball, yeah, it's a, a metal chain of beads. Okay. That runs all the way down, so it's the same weight pretty much all the way down. Yeah. And then you have, like, a flag that comes off the side. Okay. Um, so you, the, like, midpoint on it is very difficult, or di- very different to Poi to find. Yeah. Because you're, you're spinning it, it's, it's really hard to describe, <laughs> but, um, without holding it, but it's a little bit easier to do things like isolations. Hmm. But other stuff can be a bit sort of weird to work out. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't recommend doing too many wraps because it's heavy metal balls. Yeah. Whacking into. Um, I also saw someone twirling a spreader bar. That was quite a thing to see. <laughs> there was uh, some people dressed up like the uh, child catchers from uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yes, it was. It was bondage um, child catching. Yeah, but not not catching children. They no. were they were catching consenting adults. Uh, yes, with their very teasy uh, collection of uh, BDSM equipment. Yes, it was quite a sight. Yeah, a, a sort of portable cage on a on a little trap yeah. being pulled along. Por- portable cage with like ah, there's some rope and several um paddles along the side. What are you doing with the? Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> And um, describing the spreader bar as a twirling stick. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come and have a try, why not? Uh, um, yeah, and, and getting people to sit in the in the uh, cart while they pull them along with, um, with, the, with the spreader bar on. Yeah. Through the streets. Uh, I watched some other things this week. Yeah. Um, I, well, in, since we last recorded, I went to Berlin and saw the Yu-Gi-Oh! World Championships. Heck, you like Yu-Gi-Oh! How yeah. was that? Uh, so yeah, I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh! like a decade ago. I used to be pretty good at it, and mm-hmm. I got out of it a while back, and I've always found the mechanics of that game interesting. I have zero interest in, like, getting back into the card economy of buying cards, but I'm really excited for the Switch game that's coming out soon, where there are no microtransactions and it's just buy the game and then you can earn all the cards in-game. So I've been excited to get back into Yu-Gi-Oh! and I got invited to go see the World Championships, and I thought, you know, this seems a good way to get my head around the new, like, where the game is at. Mm. It was... um, So the first day was was interesting in that... uh, like just being direct, the first day I was there, all of the matches were held in absolute silence, a uh, long distance away from me, and I could not see what was happening. And the live stream that they had going out was on a five-hour delay and buggy, so I didn't see much of the first day. But the second day, uh, where they had a big live show going on, was really interesting. Um, their first thing that I got really into was there was a um. A duel on stage that lasted for about an hour, and it was all pre-scripted between the voice actors of the two main characters of the original Yu-Gi-Oh! series. So, uh, Yu-Gi and Kaiba's voice actors basically acted out in live action a a duel the the way they would go on the on the TV show. 
clearly the deck had already been pre-ordered, so like the voice actors knew exactly what card was going to be drawn to draw the match out for exactly an hour. Mm. But it was, as someone that really fucking loved that show growing up, it was quite magical to be in the room while that was happening. Yeah. Um, they leaned very heavily into nostalgia for the really kind of cheesy stuff from the old show that I really enjoy. Mm. Um, I got a blast out of hearing some of the songs from the original show that are terrible. Like, the Yu-Gi-Oh! movie had a song that was real angsty while a man's flying in a, a dragon-shaped jet singing about how he's only got friends because he gives them money. It was angsty and terrible, and I kind of love it. Okay. It's it's cheesy and shit. Um, there's another song uh, where someone has to fight their rival. It's like, we're closer than brothers, but now we have to fight each other, and it's very cheesy and sad. Mm. But I... It played on my nostalgia, and I really enjoyed <laughs> it. Uh, they also did a DJ set involving the theme tune of the original show, and again, cheesy and bad, but I was having a great time. Yeah. Um... And then I watched the finals themselves. Um, both the 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 child ranking and the the adult ranking matches were basically the same sort of decks being played. It's this thing called a Salaman Great Deck, where it's basically a bunch of these fire creatures that getting one out lets you get another out, lets you get another out, and they make this sort of chain combo thing that happens. And it was quite impressive to watch. Um, the speed duels. Um, Championships were a lot less interesting. Um, they're structured as a best three out of five, and you have to use a different deck for each of the five. So the idea was, oh, we'll see a bit more variation. We'll see some different deck types. Um, the matches went over incredibly quickly. Um, one one match, a person played their first hand, and the other person just surrendered. They were like, nope, that's too good of an opening move. Can't do it. It was... It was interesting, but it was like it was over so quickly that I was a little bit disappointed. But mm. uh, I really enjoyed watching these these Salaman great mirror matches. They were a great way for me to sort of get my head around. Okay, this is how the new mechanics work and how this sort of deck type works. Mm. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. Mm. I had a very good time. And I came back with a bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh cards that I can look at and go, "Oh, that's pretty." Yeah. Oh heck, heck. So we're going to play some Yu-Gi-Oh! at some point? I think at some point, when we've got some time, we can play some Yu-Gi-Oh! I have some decks, and I now understand how all those fancy new types of summons work, so I can actually explain the current version of the game. She's going to hassle me. She's going to hassle me. <laughs> As opposed to what I did the first time, where we're like, we're going to use some decks that don't use any of those new mechanics, and we're going to talk about the rules as if only the old mechanics exist. Because I did not know how to do anything else. Um, did you watch anything else this week? Did you put anything else in your eyes? I did not. Uh, I've got a couple of other things I can rattle through quickly. I watched that new Netflix um, special of Rocker's Modern Life, Static Cling. I've heard and read good things about that. Yeah, so for, for anyone who wasn't a person who watched Rocker's Modern Life back in the, the 90s, sort of mid to late 90s, it was an animated show about a wallaby and his friends, and... Basically, they were all sort of social misfits in some way or another, trying to get by, facing, like, topical problems of the day, but also, like, late-stage capitalism. Like, they live in a town that's entirely run by O-Corp, like, the the one corporation that just owns and runs everything in their town. Mm. It's It was a really kind of sweet show. It was fairly progressive for its time. Um... And it's been off the air for 20 years. Like, the last episode of that show ended with their house getting blasted off into space and no more of the show ever got made. Hmm. So, this special... uh, I don't want to talk too spoilery about it. It's only about 45 minutes long. It, It talks about accepting change in a lot of ways. And some of that is handled better than others. Um... On the surface, there's discussions of things like, um, uh, there's some very, like, not not interesting jokes made about, oh, there's a lot of Starbucks now, and Apple's bringing out phones quite frequently. Some jokes like that that just feel like they've been done before. Mm. Um, but the more interesting stuff they do is about the nature of trying to bring back old things when fans demand it. Trying to make those new things modern 
without upsetting the people who were asking for it back in the first place. There's Which a min- is almost impossible. Exactly. There's some really interesting commentary on that. And there is some really good commentary on very, very current topics um, and about changing attitudes in the world mm-hmm. that are tackled much more directly than I ever expected. Yeah. Um Particularly considering this this is made by Nickelodeon. Um, Nickelodeon has a history of hinting at topics and then leaving creators to discuss it more explicitly outside of shows. Mm. Um, a great example being Korra and Asami's relationship at the end of uh, The Legend of Korra. Mm-hmm. Um, where they sort of walk off hand in hand into some light in the final episode and it's sort of implied that maybe they have a romantic thing. And the creators then had to make a comic later to go, oh no, they kiss, they're in a relationship, this is explicitly a thing. Mm. Um, So it was nice to see such a modern, divisive topic with changing attitudes addressed so positively and directly. Mm. Um, And I think it's well worth watching. If you want to see a show accessible to kids that tackles a modern topic very, very well and very directly. I think that's that's a good way to talk about that without being too spoilery. Um, I'm I am, would struggle to believe that anyone who has even a passing interest in Rocco's Modern Life hasn't already been spoiled on oh, that at this y- point. Oh yeah, no, I, I have. Yeah, I got spoiled. Um, I think everyone's been spoiled. It's you know, it, I I don't think but if most you haven't. We're not going to tell you. Yeah, I don't think it's. A lot of people got very excited about this thing, and I don't think knowing the spoiler like ruins it in any way, shape, mm. or form. It's the journey of how they tell that story that's the the interesting thing. As a, yeah. but if you haven't been spoiled, just go watch it. It's real lovely. If you have been spoiled, go watch it. Yeah, go watch. Go watch it. It's real lovely. I want to. Um, and I think that's about it for 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 things I've watched Ooh. and put my oh did I did look at one other thing? Mm. I looked at clouds. You did look at clouds. We yeah. both looked at clouds. Yeah. Quite extensively. Yeah, there were some, some very nice clouds. There's some very pretty clouds. Yeah. Some, yeah. Ha- some had like real good shadows on them and were very fluffy. Very, very fluffy. There were some that rained. Those were not such good clouds. No, I was not a big fan of those Not a big fan of those ones. No. Not a big fan of the ones that covered the, scar- uh, the, the sun either. No, they were a bit chilly. Yeah. But, you know, there was lots of different beautiful patterns. And, um... <laughs> yeah. Nice colourful they were, clouds. They were oddly fascinating. Very. <laughs> so, time for this? Time for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? This week's sponsor is Wine Club. Oh, am I going to get, you know, uh, the ability to, to, to have those nice bottles of thing on my shelf to drink? Um, well, you, you'll, you'll have bottles, certainly. You'll have a, a lovely bottle of wine. Okay, t- tell me about, about the, the bottles of wine. Okay, well, imagine that there is somebody who's upset you or, or just annoyed you, even minorly inconvenienced you. Okay. You just hand them a bottle, open it up, uh, and and just it'll give off like a long, loud, audible whine just until they stop. Oh! Oh, it's bottles that will whine at people yes, for you. a bottle of wine. Oh, That's I see. I yeah, a bottle of... Uh, sorry, how did I mistake that? A bottle of wine. Right. So, how do I get these bottles of wine? Just head over to bottle-of-wine.lol.net. And you can get a magnificent 5% of six bottles of wine. Oh, goodness. That's, that's going to be enough to last me a whole a whole evening. Yep. Just enter the code QNPS80 and, and you can get your, your discount on your wine. Wouldn't you like to wine? I would. Then, then let's get some wine. Hello and welcome back to Queer and Pleasant News. Next up, we have an interview with this wonderful farmer. Could you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Margaret. I farms these hippies. And uh, what do you what do you farm the hippies for? Well, you know they are an excellent source of uh, of uh, prismatic light. So I uh, I just collect some, all the the rainbows off of them, and then I uh, ship them out, get them distributed around. You know, bit of rain, but you know nobody likes looking at the rain. Cheer that up a bit. Pop one of my uh, my fresh. 
harvested rainbows, uh, all organic, all organic rainbows. You can you can just pop them up anywhere you like. Oh, wonderful! And and how how do you uh, how do you collect all these rainbows up and store them together? Well, I've got this special side, you see. <laughs> it just harvests them right up. So the rainbows start growing at the top of the hippie's head. When they make a connection with another hippie, then it it comes down the other side, and then I just pops it off with my my my, my golden side. And do the hippies mind you harvesting their rainbows? Oh no, they're very very chill on account of all the marijuana I grow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm I it's been wonderful to talk to you and let's pan the camera away from the marijuana. So, <gasps> what have you put in your ear? Well, I've listened to a lot of music, and I might need your help because I don't remember the names of a lot of the music we listened to this week. Oh heck! Can you can you give some names of some of the things we listened to? Um, so we listened to Parallel Seven. Which ones were they? I think they were Chancey. Oh uh, yes, yes. They had the um. The MC and that female vocalist as well. Oh, the lady that sung about how capitalism sucks. Yes. Oh yeah, I liked them. Mm-hmm. They they did a lot of trancey music, but they also yeah they they mixed in vocals and as as you were saying the at the weekend, some tracks with uh, with MCs can be a bit uh, abrasive. Yes. Sometimes you hear an MC and just go, oh, no. I don't want you talking over my track. Just let Please me stop talking dance. over all the good music. But, like, these, this lot this really did a good job. He wasn't con- constant. And, yeah. like, he was actually good at it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he wasn't just talking over the music. He was doing spoken word stuff in time with the music. And he was doing it well. Yeah. And just waffling crap. Exactly. He was... When when he said something, it was for a reason, not just to be saying something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was positive. I had a very positive experience with them. Yeah, they were very good. Well, who else did we listen to? Um, we um, uh, we ran across a field to go and hear Trans Global Underground. <laughs> Ah yes, we were doing it. We were doing a walk around a field. It's like, oh no no, we've got to finish the walk. We've got to finish the. That's Transglobal Underground, and you sort of like Tempered, Tempered's playing. We have to go, and we yeah. got in the tent. I was like, holy shit, that's Transglobal Underground. That that yeah. I, I think when you started running, I think you just thought they were like I playing they a put track. The track on. It's like, nope, that is the band there. Um, okay. So yeah, how would you describe them? Um, folksy trance, I guess. Yeah, they. It's quite interesting to hear that level of trance music coming out of a band that looks like they should be playing like country music. Uh, Do you agree? Like that, yeah. there's there's a lot of traditional instruments that you wouldn't expect to make those sort of electronicy sounds. No. Also, beautiful violin bow. Oh yeah, yeah. It was all sparkly and red. Indeed, it it was a proper good uh, band to just have a stomp to. Yeah. And the whole place was stomping. Yeah, it it was uh, of all the the music that happened uh, over our weekend. I think it was the one that had the widest range of age, ages of people enjoying it. Yes, like there was a real sort of age spectrum that were having a good dance to that. Yeah, I mean, like Transglobal Underground have been around since the nineties. Their classic dance music, and and the fact that they're still at it and yeah. doing it so well. Hmm. And willing to come to smaller events was was very nice. Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah. Uh, who else did we listen to? Uh, we listened to Spinny Laney. Oh yeah. Who is um, the flute player? Oh yes, the 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 very the very incredibly talented flutist. Yes, they they were doing flute over dancey music. Yes. Um, live flute over dance music is always nice. Um, I like flat. Captain Flatcap for that as well. Um, but yeah, Spinny Laney was incredible. Also, it was quite interesting throughout the weekend, there was a couple of times when other bands, like another band needed a, a flutist, so she stepped in for them. And then for one of the open mic mornings, I think it was on Sunday morning, um, they there were like four people who'd never played together. Oh, yes. They got up together. So there was someone on like a, an electroacoustic bass. Um, someone on, on like uh, an acoustic guitar, one of those drum box things mm. that you sit on and, and, and tap. 
and uh, and Spinelli, um just fluting for them. She's like, I don't know the song. I've never heard it before. And we've only just stu- we've only played together once, like the practice session for this. Yeah, and they did real good. They did amazingly. It was really really good. Um, so yeah, very much enjoyed that. Um, Jenny Maloney. Which one I, was that? Uh, you didn't see Jenny Maloney. Um, oh, was that while I was? That was while you were doing. Your, I was, your I was doing my laughing. Yeah, um, Jenny Maloney has this amazing soulful boy voice. She just sits and plays guitar. And um, she did like a real soul version of uh, Michael Jackson's Billie Jean, okay. um, which was quite incredible. And then like other sillier bits, she did a, a track called um, "Put the Carrots Through," which is about using the self-service checkout at Morrison's <laughs> to to go. Oh, a nice nice bit of uh, fillet steak. I'll just put the carrots through. <laughs> um, and it's. It, I won't spoil it. It's a great song. Um, if you can find it, I think it might be on the new album she was talking about coming yeah. out soon. Uh, but at the moment, all of her stuff is available on um, Jenny Maloney. That's with an IE, Jen- Jenny. Yeah. Um, that sounds really fun. On SoundCloud. Sounds um, fun. It, it's all on there. It's yes, lots of fun and silliness, and there's more sort of serious songs about like uh, not waiting and just getting on and creating art. Hmm. Um. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. Amazing voice and good guitar skills, and it it was fun to sit in a a, a room full of, um, again quite a, a large age split on that. Hmm. Um, and they put like loads of instruments out so the kids could sort of tap a, oh, a bongo or, or shake a tambourine. That's lovely. Or some maracas. Yeah, it was great. Um, and all the audience sort of joined in with those bits. Um, another one uh, I think that might have been straight on after uh, Jenny Maloney was um, Robin of Loopsley, who was a uh, a beatbox looper. Oh! So he had just this tiny little box on stage with him to to, to record all his samples. And I've, I mean, I've seen like Beardy Man do stuff, but obviously it's a slightly bigger setup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was a, a, a tiny little box, just plugged everything in and, and beatboxed through a few tracks. Heck. Um, mostly uh, original stuff. So nice. yeah, it, it was fun and silly. Um, I <laughs> believe uh, that's on the Robin of Loopsley YouTube channel. Lovely. So you can check some of that out. I think we've got a couple of other bits, haven't we? Uh, yeah, so there was a track on Saturday <laughs> Night. I'm desperate to find... Yeah, we we can't find this. Yeah, maybe maybe someone listening will know. Um, so it's a mashup of the Cantina Band from Star Wars and Jump Around by The House of Pain. Yeah, it it was quite a it was a very silly thing to experience, but it, it was, was great I just kept, fun. Like what? <laughs> Who did this? It's brilliant. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's I a don't really pounding track. I can't understand how someone got there, but it's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. If someone can find that mashup, it exists out there somewhere. It is a really pounding beat, yeah. and I love it. And uh, there was one other uh, artist uh, we saw. Yeah. So last night we saw um, Banco de Gaia. Yeah. Who did uh, a very beautiful trance set. Yeah. Um, He's been doing doing music for many a year. Like Thirty years now. Yeah. Um. He put on a heck of a set. He did put on a heck of a set. Lots of sort of um, quite watery sounds in there towards the end. Yeah. Like, and it, it did feel sort of mysterious underwater for that. A lot of very, a lot of very floaty stuff. Yeah, very nice. It was the kind of thing that's nice to have a good sway bop to. Yeah, it it, it was great. Some of it was a bit more pacey, and that was great uh, yeah. earlier on. But yeah, it was a a nice progressive set, sort of going through. Like faster paced stuff and then slowing down a bit and then right into that sort of relaxed final hour. It was great. Yay. Well, I think that's everything I've listened to. I think that's everything I've listened to. So, time for this. Yeah. Have you been to a three day festival? As a matter of fact, I have. Have you forgotten your wet wipes? Yeah, I'm really starting to get that festival funk. 
Just got home and discovered you're covered in grease, grime, rust stains and ground in dirt. Gosh, three days of this will take forever to scrub off. Try silly bang festive frunk spray. Just spray down your disgustingly dirty flesh. Leave for five minutes and rinse off with no need for scrubbing. Throw out your Brillo pads and get some silly bang festive funk spray. Bang! And the cow shit and grass stains on your feet are gone. <laughs> Here in the high street, we see a wonderful example of a, an amazing creature, such as only comes out on Thursdays and Fridays. Too prepared, too prepared! The mating call of the market vendor echoes out across the street. Lovely nanas, lovely nanas! It appears they have attracted a mate. Bad upon it, bad upon it! And now they trade brown paper bags, each with a selection of fruit in, and it seems to be working. It's a change, it's a change, it's a change. Absolutely beautiful. Do you want to know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Ah. All right, Harry. All right, Barry. How you doing? I'm not too bad, mate, not too bad. You, uh, you been up to much? Oh, you know, I've, uh, had a nice weekend out in the sun. It's been lovely. Yeah. What, what yeah. about your, uh, yourself? Yeah, you know, also, you know, managed to get out a bit, enjoy the weather. It was, uh, yeah, real nice. Yeah. And how's your, uh, your, your, your week been? You, uh, anything on your mind? Well, you know, it's, uh, one thing I did notice. Yeah. It was this uh, family, like extended family out together, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, mum, dad, couple of kids, grandparents. Yeah. And um, granddad was just tickling one of the kids. Yeah. And, and you know, at first it was all like laughing and, and stuff. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, after a while, kids seemed to be getting a little bit, you know, overstimulated and was oh, like, yeah, oh, no, yeah. no, stop, stop. And, uh, and, they, and they didn't. And uh, oh. it got me thinking about, you know, the fact that there needs to be consent for children. You yeah, know, they, yeah. That needs to be respected when, you know, they say you stop doing the thing. You know, even if it is something playful like that, you know, it, it, adults need to respect that. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's one of those things where we, you know, we have conversations uh, sometimes, you know, about uh, you know consent and the importance of boundaries. But yeah. you know, a lot of that does start, you know, with childhood. And you know, there there are certain things that you know you you do have to stop your kids doing, you know, whether they're happy or not. Like you know, if they're going go to touch, touch the oven. yeah, don't touch the oven, for example. But you know, stuff like say tickling them is a really important case where there's, you know, if they ask you to to stop, it's doing no harm to stop. You need to respect their boundaries because that, you know, teaches them lessons for future. Uh, yeah. as, as a great example I heard someone talk about once where um, a, lot, a lot of times you'll have this sort of situation with uh, extended families. I know I had this growing up where, yeah. uh, you, say you're leaving your uh, aunt and uncles or yeah. your, uh, your grandparents and the parent will be like, G give them a kiss. And child might say, Oh, I don't want to. No. And uh, there might be some pressure to go, oh, that, don't be rude, kiss them. That's a real bad precedent to set in terms yeah. of, you know, teaching kids basic consent boundaries because, you know, worst case scenario, you could end up with a situation where that kid does not want to kiss that adult in a more dangerous situation and, you know, doesn't feel like they have the ability to say no, for example. Yeah, it, because it, at that point they've already been taught a lesson by their yeah. parents who they trust that... Uh, you know that that their consent with that adult means nothing. Well, exactly, and look, that's the precedent you set with that tickling example. It's the uh, you set the example to them that in some situations they do not have the right to autonomy over their body to say no. I do not like being touched like this. Yeah, please stop. Yeah, and you know it might seem like a, like a harmless thing, but you know it it makes it difficult to later on express why it's important to say like. If someone says no to you, you stop. You if saying? you've not set that example yourself as an adult. Yeah, and I don't understand why people seem to think that children are, are exempt from that. Yeah, know, like, yeah. Like, like, everyone should have a right to bodily autonomy. Is, there's no age at which you're like, okay, no, you're allowed bodily autonomy. No, right. it's... if At any age, if someone, you know, if you're doing something and, the, you know... it. It's an optional thing. It's not something that's going to harm them to do or not do. Yeah. And they ask you to stop. You should respect that. Absolutely. Exactly. Give them the ability to control 
to know that they're allowed to say no and that's okay. Quite right. Yeah, yeah. Should we have that hug? Yeah, yeah, let's have that hug, mate. Oh. <sighs> if you ever want to say no to that hug, it's totally okay. Absolutely, mate. No, exactly. no, I'm, I'm good. You, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. oh I'm naked. Yeah. yeah, same. Long might, weekend, long weekend. Yeah, yeah, might uh, have a nice uh, herbal tea and then uh, hit the bed. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Right. <laughs> Laura! Yes? Where can we find you on Zoom's internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz in all the places. All the places? Yeah, Laura K. Buzz. Uh, Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Laura K. Buzz on Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Please consider chucking me a dollar a month if you are able. Uh, you can find me on laurakbuzz.com. That is where all of my things get posted. No matter where I post them, I'll put a link on laurakbuzz.com. You can find uh, a lot of my writing on Sci-Fi Fangirls. You can get my uh, my first book, Uncomfortable Labels, which is in many places where books are sold. You can get the audiobook version, which is a DRM-free audiobook, from laurakbuzzstore.com. Um, if you support me on Patreon, drop me a message and I will give you a discount code for the audiobook. Um... Yeah, you can also find me on Dice Funk. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, five, and six. You can check out my upcoming book, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. And uh, I think that's the big things. What about you? Me? Yeah. Uh, I can be found on Twitter and YouTube as Maniac Janiac. Um, StoneMonkeyRadio.blog, where I occasionally write things. And oh god, let's let's see where else I am. I'm 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 on twitch.tv slash Janiac where I usually do live streams on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. Uh I can be found on patreon.com slash stonefunkyradio. And thank you very much to my Patreons. Thank you to Cassiopeia Swift, to Basin is Back, Jaden, Jay Logan, uh Jurgen Indie Monster Wine McForder. Uh, Liam the ghost cat will use ectoplasmic and then it cuts off uh, Robert Robbeard Harding Tales of Inquiry uh, thank you all so much um, also uh, paypal.me slash Jane Magnet if you just want to send me some pennies heck that's always very much appreciated because it's, it's nearly that time of year when I have to pay my uh, website bill. bills yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah. well it's a thing uh, so yeah, uh, that's pretty much everywhere. I'm um, oh, uh, curiosity epidemic on on all the audio places because um, I mean that badly designated heroes. Heck, um, we've finished recording the first season, and I think the last episode goes up in a couple of weeks. Heck, and, and then we start preparing for a new thing. Yes, we're go- going to do a second series of polyamory. Heck, uh, so yeah, but I will be doing that for curiosity epidemic rather than for my own thing. So heck, so there, there is that, and um, yeah, keep your ears peeled for more news on those things. So, <gasps> sings out, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. I will. Robo touchy titty. <laughs> no, there's a for me and Jane. <laughs> Jane has lost hand and now been replaced with the robo hand. And robo mouth and brain, it sounds like. No, I'm being silly because I don't have a <laughs> robo hand. <laughs> I love you, my darling. <laughs> I love you too.